All right, Romans chapter 1. Everybody can turn there. If you, if you are reading along through the New Testament in a year, then you will have started Romans here recently. We just concluded Matthew. So we'll just kind of talk just a little bit for a few minutes today, just a brief introduction to the book of Romans, since those of you reading along will be in there for the next few weeks. While everybody's turning, I want to show everyone this little uh, poster with some photos and some uh, different things that the Free Burma Rangers are up to. Uh, I'll set it up here for everybody to look at. It came in the mail today. And it just shows some different pictures, kind of gives you a, a, a heads up as to what's going on, kind of reminds you just how, how tough it is on, on David Eubank and all the rest of the Free Burma Rangers and his family. So anyway, uh, it's just a few little things on here. So I encourage you guys to look at it before you leave tonight or sometime uh, when you get around to it. All right, Romans chapter 1, we'll start in verse 1, but before we do, let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight and we thank you for these words that we're about to read. Uh, we thank you for Paul and for his eagerness to go and, and spread the word. God, I pray that you would just put that eagerness in our, in our heart too, maybe to go to another place, or maybe it's just to a person or two, dear Lord. I pray that you would help us to be eager about sharing your word and not ashamed to, to live for you and to spread your word, God. So I pray that in these few minutes that you would just uh, let the Holy Spirit speak through me as I read these words and let there be something in your word tonight that touches our heart that, that, that we need to hear. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Amen. Now these are uh, the words of Paul here in Romans and these uh, words are written to the people of Rome. They were written by a guy named Tertius. We see that at the end of, of, of the book of Romans uh, that, that it tells us that Tertius was the one writing these words of Paul. Now that probably wouldn't have been an uncommon thing in that day and age. Uh, we see some, uh, some mentions to what probably uh, is problems with Paul's eyesight that we see uh, throughout the New Testament. Some hints that maybe Paul's eyesight was going away. And perhaps that's even the thorn of the flesh that he mentions uh, in the book to the Corinthians. And it wouldn't have been unlikely for anyone to have had someone else writing as they would speak the words that, that they wanted to be written. In Paul's case here to the Romans, uh, there was a guy by the name of Tertius who was uh, writing the words down, but these are words that come from Paul. Now, Paul wanted to go to Rome. He wanted to go there to spread the gospel, to be with brothers and sisters in Christ in Rome, and he uh, was diligently trying to get there, and eventually he did get there, maybe not the way that he originally planned, but if you read the book of Acts or have ever read it before, uh, you will know that Paul had a difficult journey. He was on trial. Uh, he went from place to place. Finally, he appealed to Caesar. They put him on a ship, and off to Rome he went. So we know that he eventually made it to Rome. Uh, many scholars believe that Paul was in Corinth when he wrote this letter. Uh, so with all the letters that he wrote, uh, he wasn't probably in Rome when he wrote this. Obviously, we can see that by the fact that he's saying he wants to come to them. So uh, some scholars believe he might have been in Corinth when he wrote this letter, uh, but that's not really terribly important. Uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle and singled out for God's good news. So here we have an introduction that's similar to many of the other books we see. We know 
who this is a letter of. This is a letter of Paul, and it is to the Romans. And he says exactly who he is representing. He is representing Jesus Christ. He is bringing the good news of Jesus Christ. He is an apostle of Jesus Christ. And so there's no question at the beginning of this book that it's a book written by Paul and where Paul's stance is and what Paul is preaching uh, and about to talk to the people of Rome about. Verse 2, which he promised long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord who was a descendant of David according to the flesh. Now, he begins to point them back to the prophecies of old, saying, okay, I'm here as an apostle, as a representative of Jesus Christ, and he's kind of setting the tone, saying, the one that all the prophets talked about, don't misunderstand, it is Jesus Christ. He is the Son of God. He is the one who I come to represent and who I come to preach to you about or I'm going to write to you about in these words. He then goes on to make a fleshly connection for Jesus because Jesus was the Son of God, but he was also here in the flesh. And so he pulls back to an Old Testament uh, reference here of David, saying, okay, David uh, is, is part of the bloodline of Jesus, and Jesus came in the flesh. So he's, he's making a foundation here. Now this is something we've seen in a lot of books that we've covered over the last couple of years. Typically, we see kind of a foundation being made by the writer of the book, whoever it is to, saying who they are, this is what I stand for, this is what everything is built for, and he's making a case for Jesus. He's letting the people know, one, Jesus is the Messiah that was prophesied, two, Jesus came from God, and, and three, Jesus also lived in the flesh. He goes on to say in verse 4, And who has been declared to be the powerful Son of God by the resurrection from the dead according to the Spirit. So he was born of the flesh, but he was resurrected in the Spirit. So here we see all the key points that, well maybe not all, but, but I would say most of the key points that the people need to understand of who Jesus is, where he came from, and that he has been resurrected. That they, he's talking about a Savior, he's talking about a Jesus here who is victorious. So Paul is laying out the groundwork before he gets on into the things that he will uh, tell them later on in the book. He says in verse 5, We have received grace and apostleship through him to bring about the obedience of faith among all the nations on behalf of his name, including yourselves, who also belong to Jesus Christ by calling. Now, Paul is carrying out exactly what Jesus had called his followers to do at Matthew 28. Uh, we just finished Matthew, and at the end of Matthew, Jesus gave what we call the Great Commission to go out into all nations and uh, make disciples of them and baptize them in, that, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And Paul is saying, I'm doing just that. I'm going to the nations. I'm going to all the people I can so that I can make disciples of them, so that I can... Uh, help those who are already disciples to grow in the Lord. Now, we know that he's writing to Christians here, at least some of the people who he's writing to are Christians, because he says that including you your, uh, yourselves, who also belong to Jesus Christ by calling. So he's writing to a group of other believers. Uh, but as we have seen in the book of Corinthians, while he is writing to believers, there were some problems there. Uh, that reminds us that even as believers, we are not perfect. There are some times where there may be problems, and when I say problems, I mean sins, 
uh, that are going on that need to be corrected. And we need to be uh, aware of that in our own lives as well. Uh, He goes on to say in verse 7, To all who are in Rome, loved by God, called as saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's a that's a, a an opening where he he sets the foundation. He tells them who it is this writing. It's Paul. Who it is he's representing. He explains who Jesus is. He ties him to a to, to someone in the flesh. He makes sure to affirm that he is the Son of God, and he's given him this opening in peace because he he loves the people of Rome. He loves these people who he is writing to. He says in verse 8, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because the news of your faith is being reported in all the world. So he was hearing some good things about the people in Rome. He was excited to know that there were Christians there, that there were brothers and sisters in Christ, that the gospel had spread very quickly. It probably hadn't been too many years since Jesus had been killed and had resurrected. Maybe 30 years had passed, give or take a few years. But by this time, the gospel had begun to spread, and Paul was excited to hear that it had spread to Rome. Verse 9, For God, whom I serve with my spirit in telling the good news about his Son, is my witness that I constantly mention you, always asking in my prayers that if it is somehow in God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. Now, Paul desperately wants to get to Rome to see these brothers and sisters in Christ. And he mentions that to them. He says, look, I am praying for you, and I desperately want to be there. And he's hoping for the day that he can come and that he can make it to Rome. Verse 11, for I want very much to see you, so I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. So he wants to go there to help strengthen the brothers and sisters in Christ who are in Rome. He, he wants to go and to encourage them. And so uh, Paul, you can, you can tell, or at least it seems to me by this language here, that he really loves these people. He really cares about these people. And he desperately wants to go and hang out with them and love on them and, and tell them more about the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is, to be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Now I want you to know, brothers, that I often planned to come to you, but was prevented until now, in order that I might have a fruitful ministry among you, just as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am obligated both to Greeks and barbarians, both to the wise and the foolish." So I am eager to preach the good news to you also who are in Rome. Now, we see this throughout Paul's writing as he wanted to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. It didn't really matter to who, anybody who would listen to him. He says to Greek or barbarian in my translation. uh, That might be better translated as non-Greek. He's simply referring to people who are not Greeks there. Paul is wanting to, to preach the gospel to anybody who will listen, and he is uh, wanting to do so in Rome just as he had done to any others that he had encountered and preached the truth to. Verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is God's power for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. For in it God's righteousness is revealed from faith to faith, just as it Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. 
Now, Paul is saying here, I'm not ashamed. Paul was not ashamed of Jesus Christ. He was not ashamed of what God had done in his life because he knew that there was salvation in no one else. He knew that salvation only came through Jesus Christ. And he makes that statement right here at the very beginning of the book. And then he uses a key word here that we're going to see kind of referenced throughout the book of Romans, and that is righteousness. For in it God's righteousness is revealed from faith to faith. Now that's a kind of a hard one to know what it means where he says there from faith to faith. Different Bibles translate it uh, differently. Uh, but it, it could be uh, referencing the fact that, okay, people in the Old Testament had faith and, and things to come. And now that faith is, is, is looked upon differently now that Jesus has come and fulfilled it. Moving from a faith of the old way to the new way. There's a few different uh, interpretations of, of what he could mean there. Uh, but the key point that we want to see as he closes these verses we're looking at is the righteous will live by faith. We kind of see this theme of, of righteousness throughout the book of uh, Romans. Uh, we see in the first part, we see the idea of righteousness needed. He points out to the people that they need to be made righteous, that they are indeed sinners. Uh, we see that on into Romans chapter 5. We begin to see uh, uh, as he references back to Adam and he references back to sin and kind of how, how we're all affected by sin. We see that we uh, need uh, righteousness, but we also see that that righteousness has been provided. So not only do we see the need for righteousness, so we see the provided righteousness through Jesus Christ. And then we see kind of toward the end of the book, in the last few chapters, uh, he, he's telling us how to live out that righteousness. And so we kind of see that theme uh, woven all throughout the book of Romans. Now he does deal with some issues as he goes through the book, some uh, sinful things that some of the people are involved in, and perhaps maybe they're being a little hypocritical by judging others while they themselves are doing the same type of things. He also has some time there where he kind of makes a difference in distinction between the law and between grace, and he goes into a lot of detail about those things. So kind of be on the lookout for those things, those of you who are reading through uh, Romans over the next few weeks as you look through, and, and you can see these different things that Paul kind of points out. But I think what we can take from Paul as we see him, not just here to the Romans, but uh, to everyone that he encounters, is that he is eager to do God's work. He is eager to share the gospel. And he is not ashamed to share the gospel. And I think that's a good question that we need to ask ourselves. Is are we eager to share the gospel or are we ashamed of the gospel? And I know we may say, well, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, but are we willing to go out and do the work? And Paul was willing to go out and do the work, and by do the work I mean share the gospel at any cost. And it did cost him dearly. He was imprisoned. He faced difficult times. But Paul was eager to do the work of Christ, and he was eager to bring and share the love of Christ to all those he encountered. In this case, it was to the people of Rome. There may be people in our life that need to hear the gospel. Let us be eager to bring it to those people. Let us be eager to love them and be excited to see them and let them know that we love them and that we are excited to see them. Let us not be those who are ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but those who preach the gospel of Jesus Christ so they can experience the power of that salvation on their own. Let's pray. God, we come to you tonight and we thank you for Paul and for his example to us. 
And we thank you for this, this, this good words that he wrote throughout the book of Romans, dear Lord. Help us to just to follow that example. God, help us not to be ashamed. God, hopefully we all love you. Maybe there's some in here, dear Lord, that, that have never accepted Jesus Christ. I pray that, that they would experience that power of salvation, God, that, that Paul talks about here. Maybe there are uh, some in this room that are yours already, dear Lord. No doubt there are some in this room, God, who are yours. Help us not to be ashamed to do your work. Help us to be eager to do your work, dear Lord. Help us to, to see people in the same way that you see people, in the same way that Paul uh, was seeing people, dear Lord. People that he desperately loved and wanted to be with and wanted to encourage and wanted to build up. God, help us to have that same attitude as we go out into the world. God is tough sometimes. It's not always easy. Sometimes it's scary. But help us to be bold, dear Lord, and have the strength and courage to be about your work when we leave these doors every time we come here. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen.